eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to a new edition of the Cards Cast. I'm Cardinal Authority Senior Writer Michael McCamma, joined by publisher Jody Demling in Louisville with a big football game. You know, you get to this point, Jody, and, and things start to get serious, and Louisville certainly has turned it around. They're going up to number 24, Wake Forest. Cardinals on a three-game winning streak. Looking to make it four against the Demon Deacons, but you know Wake Forest is about just under what about six and a half point favorite last I saw. Uh, so the Cardinals coming into uh, the game as an underdog, but we've seen them perform well as underdogs before. So um, I, I, we talked about it in our previous podcast, Jody. I like Louisville's chances uh, coming in. I like the familiarity the coaching staff has with Dave Clawson's uh, style of play, and I think this is a great opportunity for Louisville to uh, pick up their fourth straight win. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. And I think it's one of those uh, it's one of those games, Michael, where, I mean, both of these teams, I think, are pretty good. And I think at the end of the year, we could look back and say, you know, that I, and again, I don't know that this is going to be a uh, I don't know that this is going to be a game that decides the ACC championship. Um, it, 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 I guess it could. You know, I mean, it's crazier things have happened, yeah. uh, but I do think it's a game that we're going to look back and say, hey, th- those were two of the upper echelon teams. Um, and and I, when I say that, I mean top, you know, five or six. And, and I do think the way it's playing out that, uh, you know, Louisville, Wake, Louisville, Wake Forest game, you know, when we get to Louisville, Boston College, Louisville, NC State, Louisville, Clemson, those are all key games for uh, for the cards to try to figure out. Yeah, definitely. You know, and you have to like – um, you know, we've talked about it before, Jody. You have to like the, the progress that the football program has made since that opener, especially that first half against Ole Miss where you, know, you come into the season with a lot of excitement, a lot of hope, and, you know, there's been a lot of positive talk coming out of fall camp and throughout the offseason. And in that first half, obviously, you know, they just kind of laid an egg. And obviously you have to credit Ole Miss for that as well. Um, but since then, and, and, and really I think even through the second half of against Florida State, even though the offense really didn't do much, um, it, I think it's been a much – improved team that is continuing to figure out exactly who they are. Um, unfortunately, you know, losing Monty Montgomery uh, and Braden Smith, that, those are two obvious key players on both sides of the ball, and you're going to have to overcome that. Looks like Louisville uh, took a step in the right direction of overcoming uh, Monty's absence against Florida State. We'll see how that continues. Um, but now somebody at wide receiver needs to step up a little bit, and I do think they've got, as we've seen, I mean, Scott Satterfield has used Gunnar Brewer has used a lot of wide receivers uh, this year, and they're all catching some balls. And, you know, so now it's somebody's turn to to take that next step, uh, you know, in their career and and, and fill the void left by uh, uh, Braden Smith. But even so, I, I like the direction that this program's going. I think their better ball, best ball, is still ahead of them. 
Um, you know, and I, I like you, I do expect this to be a good uh, football game against Wake Forest. I think there's a lot of similarities. There's a, certainly a lot of familiarities. You know, you played them, you know, just played them in the last game of the regular season uh, last year or so, and a lot of guys are back. So a um, lot, of, lot, of, lot to be excited about, I think. Yeah, I think um, I think when you when you really look at well, first of all, hopefully Shy Words will be back, and I hope yeah. that he can make a difference. I really do. I, I I think you know we heard a lot of good things about him uh, early on, uh, you know, in spring, and then late in fall camp. Again, he was hurt. He had that hernia injury or surgery, and so he missed some time uh, this summer, and it kind of put him behind, but. Hopefully he can be a guy that can at least make some plays. And, and to me, that's the biggest thing with Braden. Braden not only was a good receiver, but you never knew what Braden was going to do uh, when he got the ball. And I think that's the biggest thing for me is I want to see them continue to keep defenses off balance by using, and I'm not going to say always a trick play, uh, but, you know, that jet sweep and the different things. Amari Huggins-Bruce can do that. But you need yeah. somebody to be able to throw the ball down the field a little bit to uh, to keep everybody honest. And I think Shy Wirtz could do that. Yeah, certainly. Obviously, four years' experience of being a quarterback, you know, and a pretty well good quarterback down at Georgia Southern. Um, you know, so if he comes back, and, you know, and Scott Satterfield said it would be this week or next. Uh, so knock on wood. Obviously, he, he gave it a try during warm-ups last week and, and just wasn't ready. So, you know, came back out in street clothes. But, you know, hopefully this is the week and that he's feeling, you know, pretty close to 100%, if not 100%, um, and, and can't be one of those impact guys. I mean, this is a, you know, we, we've talked to him multiple times and, you know, he's one of those guys that has the drive. He wants, you know, wants to, you know, have an opportunity to play at the next level. And that's why he's here making that transition from quarterback to, to wide receiver. And obviously when you've got, that kind of experience behind center that often helps in the passing game, even if you are at a wide receiver or running back or, or a different position. Um, you know, so I am looking forward to uh, him returning. And, you know, it's unfortunate how the, his career, global career has gone at this point, uh, but hopefully he can, you know, get in and, and, and start making an impact uh, as the season progresses as well. Yeah, no, I think, he, I think he will be, um, you know, I think he'll be a big, a big part of the offense when he does get back and, you know, look, you look at some things. I had somebody I was talking to one of the national guys uh, earlier today, and I was talking about, you know, just how um, the Louisville roster is kind of set up. And because uh, this person had called me and said, Do there, are there really like 70 freshmen? Like, I like seriously. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, when you look at it, you know, I'm like, there's just there's three freshman classes, basically, you know, and uh, and, and that's that's how it is. But with that said, I think we do forget a lot of times, um, you know, last week, and we talked about it on the podcast uh, the other day, it, there were five or six mistakes in the second half that that Louisville made that cost them points. Yeah. Um, you know, I, on the long touchdown run, I didn't even realize this, but I went back and watched it, and um, C.J. Avery's trying to correct a mistake at the line of scrimmage. Um, and I didn't notice this at the time, but you can see it on the uh, um, on the replay. C.J. Avery is trying to, to correct a mistake of a lineman in front of him and move that lineman over a bit. And when he is doing that, they quick snap that, and, it, and, and the guy ran right where C.J. would have been. He ran right into the gap where C.J. was supposed to be, and C.J. just couldn't get back there in time. So he was trying to overcome a mistake, 
and instead made his own mistake. And yeah. so that's the thing with this team. You've got to remember they're going to have mistakes. It's not going to be perfect. It's not even going to be close to perfect probably right now because of the inexperience and the youth that they have. Uh, but they're getting better every week. And, hey, if you can keep winning while you get better, that's even better yet, right? Yeah, I mean, that's 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 the plus. That's really kind of the difference between this year and last year, you know, plus turnovers. Uh, but instead of losing to close games, they're finding ways to, to win these games. And that, that often can be the difference of whether you're going to be going bowling or, or not. So um, you do like the, the – Oh, I think that was just another onside kick from the 2019 game. From that. We <laughs> was joking around today on the radio. It was like – I think another one just happened because there were so many in that that this just happened. So. Yeah, and I meant to mention this at the beginning. For some reason, that reminded me. Uh, we do have a great guest coming up uh, here shortly. Joining us here on the Cards Cast, the voice of the Cardinals himself, Mr. Paul Rogers, uh, will be joining us. So we're going to pick his brains and you know talk about what his career is like. You know what it's like preparing for a game and things like that. So make sure you stick around for for Paul Rogers coming up here in just a minute. And I'm sure he's going to be asking, a really. I hope you ask him if his voice crackles all the time like that. <laughs> You'll have to you have to stay tuned and listen and see what happens. But uh, um, I, I, look, bottom line, bottom line, Michael is this game. It's not this is not make or break in my opinion. This is not a make or break kind of game. No, but what this is is this gives Louisville a little breathing room. If you can get this game and win and win four in a row and go to four and one, you have a Virginia team. Um, that I think you can move the ball on, that has a really good offense, but I do think you can move the ball on rather well next week coming in. And then you've got and then you've got a bye week. So you've got time to take care of, you know, some injuries. You've got time to take care of, uh, you know, some, some things and get, get a little rest for the guys before you have a, a three-game stretch that I think is going to be tough enough that if you can get one or two of those, you're doing it just – you're doing awesome. Um, I don't know that you can win all three of those because those are three weeks in a row that's going to be a grind. Yeah. And then you've got a short week against Syracuse, which you should win. You've got a Duke team that you should beat, and you've got a Kentucky team that we'll just have to wait and see. But I'm I'm liking Louisville's chances more and more um, to, to get to seven or eight wins, but a lot of it hinges on this week. Yeah, I think, you know, defensively, they got to stay disciplined. We've heard Brian Brown talk about it multiple times. And when, you, when you're playing this this slow ride, you know, somewhat annoying, you know, depending on, on what you, how you how you like your football offense, that this run pass option that uh, Wake Forest runs, you got to you got to stay in your in your spot. No peeking over to anybody else's, you know, gaps. You got to stay committed to what your assignment is. Um, and and the, I think if, if they can do that and, and force Wake Forest, you know, to kind of maybe start to lean more on the passing game, I think that bodes well for Louisville as well. And then offensively, um, you have to do what you did in the first half against Florida State, not necessarily score every time you have the ball, uh, but you have to execute. You have to hit your, you know, the receivers and the tight ends have to hit their blocks. The running backs, running backs have to, you know, pick up their guys on a block, on a blitz, or or whatever the case may be. You, you've got to execute offensively, you know, for four quarters. And and I think that's the direction that this program is going. You know, I think they're learning a lot about themselves with each week, and I think they will again this week against Wake Forest. Yeah, I do too. I'm going to pick them to win like I did at the beginning of the season, and uh, you can check our picks uh, online and all kinds of uh, preview stuff. Uh, but now, Michael, it's uh, it's time to turn it over to, to you and the voice of the cards, right? That's right. You know, be excited to bring Paul Rogers on. Everybody obviously familiar with his name. The guy that everybody turns on 
and turns the TV down when the football games are on. So, uh, but before we do get to him, I just want to, again, remind everybody, um, we're getting to that point of the season where football and basketball are going to start overlapping. So the news is going to continue, whether it be something on the field, on the court, you know, recruiting wise, and we're going to have it all at Cardinal Authority. And we've got multiple avenues for you to make sure that you catch it all. Obviously, you can do check out the message boards. You can check out the homepage, but we also have uh, the newsletter, which, you know, is nearly 8,000 strong. So jump jump in on that. And that, that's basic, basically delivered one day a week. That's going to give you all the headlines, including some national content. Obviously, find us on Facebook. Just search Cardinal Authority on Facebook. Give us a like and follow, and you'll get the content there as well. And if you don't want to miss a commitment or other breaking news, check out the uh, Cardinal Authority text alerts. You can find all that in the game preview as well or checking out the navigation at the top of the site. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Excited to bring on our guest here on the Cards Cast, the voice of the Cardinals himself, Paul Rogers, joining the Cards Cast. Paul, appreciate you taking some time out of, out of your always uh, busy schedule, I'm sure, a big game. Uh, coming up as well, but uh, appreciate you taking some time with us today. Always glad to talk football, and uh, yeah, we got some good things to talk about here, as it turns out. Yeah, and pretty soon it'll be basketball as well, which we'll get to here in, in just a moment. But uh, you know, one of the things that you know I've always been curious about, I know a little, you know some others are curious about because uh, you know I don't know how many people are like myself, but but growing up, you know, you, you play the part of the play-by-play guy when you're watching it on TV or whatever. Obviously, it's a lot harder, a lot more difficult, a lot more goes into it than just turning on a TV and talking when the guys are passing the ball around or, or whatever the case may be. How, what type of work goes into preparing for, like, this weekend, Louisville at number 24, Wake Forest? Well, it's a combination of things. Uh, to be honest with you, probably most of the time in prep is spent on the pregame. Because once the game starts, that's kind of the fun and easy part. You're just, you're just uh, saying what you see. But there's a lot of work that goes into pregame because we have a 90-minute pregame and it involves yeah. a coach's pregame interview, sometimes a player pregame interview. And uh, then for the whole package, obviously updating your notes and stats and learning the opposition, that's, that's uh, a big thing too. Of course, since I do Louisville every week, I pretty much know them. So at least my memory work is cut in half for the most part of learning just one <laughs> team at a time. So it's just getting all that background together so that uh, once the game gets going, you, you feel like you're pretty familiar with both teams and, and can do it justice. And then, as I said, once they kick it off or tip it off, uh, I, I call it quick reaction. It's basically watch the action and I said, uh, say what you see. Yeah. How important is it to have a, you know, a good team around you? I mean, you guys have been doing this for a number of years. You know, your, your team has changed over the years, but you know, your current group, you've been together for a few years. How important is it to you know, not only sound good on the air, but be friends off the air as well. It's, it's really important and it's really helpful. You know, it's interesting. Craig Swabeck and I have done, I think now this is about our 15th year together. Now wow. it's come in three different parts yeah. because each, each time he had to quit, it was because of a job-related issue that he couldn't commit to the games. But fortunately, each time things changed again, he was able to do it. <laughs> And, and it's funny because each time he's come back after uh, two or three years away, 
we both marvel at how we just fall right back into our old ways. And it was like we were never apart. There's a great camaraderie there. There's a great rhythm there. Uh, I think we complement each other. You know, I, I tell the play and he tells why it did or did not work. And he's very knowledgeable. Um, so he's been great to have. Jody is a rock. He's so informative on the sidelines. I mean, you hear him on the sidelines, what you don't hear, um, except accidentally when our engineer Gus puts him <laughs> on the air when he's not supposed to. <laughs> he's filling us in on some things that we can't say. You know, he'll say in my ear maybe uh, – they've brought in an extra defensive back or uh, somebody's hurt or they're checking at this person on the sidelines. So he, he keeps us informed as well. And it's, it's uh, you know, it really is a team effort and, and it's a great group of guys to work with. And we have a lot of fun together. Um, you know, and just like fans, um, I imagine a lot of the enjoyment depends on what's happening on the field or the court. Um, I'm obviously like things like 2018 and football probably was not the most joyous year to, to call, I would suspect. Um, you know, and this year, looking at, you know, the way the season started, it seemed like, you know, it was kind of like, uh-oh, what are we going to see this year? Um, but now they've won three straight. Um, how much you know, can you get caught up in the wins and losses of a season? Well, you do. You can't help it. Now, we, we yeah. always have this uh, theme, I guess you would say, that our job is, is to call the game and to call the action. I know people have said almost well, out losses. You know, how do you stand doing that? I said, well, that's, that's my job. I have to do that. I, I can't just say, oh, I'm tired of this and get up and leave. Yeah. Um, so there's a certain professionalism there that we enjoy, win or lose, of, of trying to paint a good picture. But there's no doubt it's a lot more fun when your team is winning. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, the players are happier. The coaches are happier. The fans are happier. The broadcasters are uh, and then you get just an electric game like that Central Florida game where you think for sure after playing really well, you've lost it and all of a sudden you win it. And um, I can remember on that touchdown, I knew I was screaming, but I couldn't stop myself from screaming. I looked over at Craig and he's laughing and you look out in the stands and people are somersaulting all over each other. It was just one of those really special moments. And that's the kind of thing that always makes it really worthwhile. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and I guess to be a really good, you know, play-by-play -play guy, you've got to be able to get enveloped into the action. And, and you know, the call on that uh, Jalen uh, Alderman interception was fantastic, obviously, but been shared by by thousands. Uh, many times where you've lost your voice on a call like that? That's the only time I can remember <laughs> my voice actually truly cracking because yeah. I was screaming so loud. I felt like I ventured back to puberty there for a while. But that that was really something. And as yeah. I said, those are the things that, that make it special. And, you know, you want to be descriptive. My, my philosophy, so to speak, has always been not to get too carried away because it really annoys me to listen to a game and the announcer starts screaming so much that you can't tell what's going on. And I've always said my job is to tell what's going on so a listener can scream. <laughs> well, I, I might have gone a little over the top on that one, but I have by far and away people have told me they loved it because oh, they yeah. felt like uh, I, I was them at that particular moment, and I guess I probably was. Absolutely. I mean, you're one of those guys in the industry that uh, when a game's on TV, people turn their TV volume down and turn and sync their radio up so they can they can hear Paul Rogers uh, make the call and you've been doing this you know you know for a couple of decades now you know beginning in I guess early to mid nineties uh, depending on the sport obviously you have you, you've seen a lot you got you know a lot of experiences uh, a lot of memories um, I, I can't imagine if I were to ask the question favorite moment that that can't be an easy question it isn't and I get asked it frequently <laughs> yeah, I and I always. <laughs> and, I, and I try to answer it sort of in this way. 
uh, obviously the national championship basketball game is, is what sticks out because of the the venue, the what was at stake, a terrific game, a national championship, and that's what you're striving for. But I can't think of that game without been backing up and thinking of all the games that got them there, like the Tim Henderson heroics in the semifinal, mm-hmm. uh, the team bonding after the Kevin Ware injury in the regional final against Duke. Um, the blowout of Syracuse and the and the and the uh, Big East Championship game, the game that clinched them the number one seed. So every memory is kind of connected to something else, to where it's hard to pinpoint one. But obviously, the culmination is, is when you win a national championship, or similarly, uh, you know, when Louisville won the Sugar Bowl or the Fiesta Bowl in football. Although those are really special memories. Yeah, yeah, it's it's got to be tough. And like you said, you know, it's kind of a, a process and not just a moment um we're, we're getting into that uh, time of the year where there's gonna be football and there's gonna be basketball how stressful how little sleep what, what's that like for paul rogers the voice of the cardinals when you got football and basketball going on ask any play-by-play guy they tell you they hate november <laughs> because it, it really is just a, a non-stop month and then you get the holiday thrown in there too and you're yeah. trying to spend time with family but you do get the double dose and and it's it's exciting it's kind of fun in a way but uh I know every time we get through November and into December I always breathe a sigh of relief to kind of get back to to just one sport again (laughs) um going back to the top moment type of question um when when you when you look at the different athletes that, that Louisville's had in basketball and football have there been some that have been you know just a joy I like Lamar Jackson I imagine was a joy to to call watching, you know, his electrifying play on the field. Are there some of the players that maybe stand out that you really enjoyed, uh, you know, calling their game as they were on the, the court or the field? Well, Lamar was just unique in so many ways. We, we've never seen a player like him ever. Yeah. Uh, so he certainly was. But I go back through the years, just guys like, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, who's just nothing but a winner and a hard-nosed player, you know, loved watching him. Uh, Stefan LaFours, his his seasons as a quarterback, a guy who really I don't think people had that high expectations of and turned out to be just a fabulous quarterback, going back to Chris Redmond and Dave Ragone. I keep going to quarterbacks, but they're the guys who, you know, are the marquee players and, and, and get the ball the most. And basketball, while I didn't actually call his games, Daryl Griffith certainly stands out, but the players I did uh, – Dwan Wheat was always special oh, yeah. to me. Yeah. Uh, Montrez Harold, just because of his violent dunks, and a guy who, as people I think have gotten to know over the years, as brutal as he can be on the court, is just as lovable a guy as there is off the court. Uh, there's there's been really just so many, and it, and it's been you know fun to watch them and, and a privilege to, to call their games. And you'll be calling again a big win this weekend. Louisville going to number 24, Wake Forest. You know, Jody and I, and we've even discussed on the message boards and uh, with some of the fans that, you know, after the first week, I don't think many, if any, people would have projected Louisville to be going 3-1 and one into the Wake Forest weekend, a game behind Wake Forest. You know, it all sounds kind of odd. Um, you know, for the lead in the ACC Atlantic Division, I mean, from your vantage point, uh, what's your synopsis on the way the season has started thus far? Well, I always try to get not too carried away on any one game, but I will confess I was concerned <laughs> early on. <laughs> yeah. um, but as it's gone, I think we've seen Ole Miss is legitimate. I'm really anxious to see what they do against Alabama this weekend. Yeah. Uh, the Eastern Kentucky game still didn't have a lot of wow factor to it, but it was a win and you felt like, okay, there's a small step. 
And then the Central Florida game, you know, even if they had not won that game, that was just a, a top-notch college football game. And I thought Louisville played really well. Both teams did. And it was disappointing when it looked like they were going to lose, but I was encouraged in how they played. And then, of course, that frantic finish put it over the top. And now all of a sudden, everybody's really getting excited. And then you go down to Florida State, who there's always – a fear that with the talent they have, you just always worry they're about to have a breakout game. Yep. Uh, but Louisville kept them at bay after just a, almost a flawless first half. And then, you know, couldn't, couldn't maintain in the second half, but they won. And that's, that's what you got to do. So I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic. I, Louisville has done well against Wake Forest, including two years ago, that bizarre game when they were unbeaten and ranked and Louisville beat them six, what was 62 to 59, where they scored 38 points in the last six minutes or so. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen Saturday, but should Louisville win that, you look at the way this conference is shaking out. I mean, they're right there as, as much of a contender as anybody. Yeah. I mean, you get two and O after your first two games and, you know, especially with some of the other teams that are picking up early, early season losses in league play. And yeah, I mean, this is, this is a game that, you know, carries quite a bit, especially for early in the season. It's, I would say it's the marquee ACC game of the weekend for sure. And again, you know, looking back a few weeks ago, I don't think anybody would have projected that. But uh, uh, one other question for you before we let you go, Paul, uh, basketball season also rapidly approaching. Um, I think there's a lot of excitement building for, for Chris Mack's team this year. You know, he's done a lot of off-season uh, additions to the transfer portal, obviously has some freshmen coming in as well. What's your thoughts, you know, thus far as we're getting close to, well, I guess they start, start basketball practice today. I, I'm really excited to see how this team shakes out. I, to be honest with you, I don't know a lot about them. There's just so many newcomers, and I haven't had a chance to really see them yet with football yeah. going on. I'm, I'm going to try and get out and watch them practice some during the open week that's coming up in a while. But without a doubt, it's the deepest team that Chris has had and maybe that we've ever had around here in quite some time. Now, is it truly elite talent? I think that's what we have to wait and see. But you've got a lot of experience with returning guys and the transfers who came in with experience. And we've seen in recent years that, that experience counts no matter what level. I mean, Louisville has been so successful with this transfer portal, grad transfers sometimes, but now just plain old transfers <laughs> of guys coming in, adding experience and, and having ability. So uh, I'm, I'm just really eager to see how it all plays out. Will, will they really use all these guys? Will everybody find a role? Will everybody fit together? But I think the potential is there. This to be a really good basketball team. Yeah, we'll start to get to see them soon. You know, the red and white scrimmage is just around the corner. Before you know it, uh, we'll be uh, attending a couple exhibitions and be ready to tip it off. So um, it's about to get real busy. So buckle up for your November, Paul. I'll, I'll be ready. <laughs> Again, hey, Paul, appreciate you joining us here in the Cardscast today. Sure thing. Enjoyed it. All right. Thanks a lot. And uh, best of luck with the call of at Wake Forest. All right. Good. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Paul. Two years ago, Louisville rolled into Winston-Salem as an underdog to number 19 Wake Forest, who at that point was sitting at 5-0 and on the season. The Cardinals, under the direction of a first-year head coach, Scott Satterfield, left Wake Forest with a thrilling 62-59 win. First win over our nationally ranked team for Scott Satterfield as Louisville's head coach. A very similar opportunity now exists on Saturday at 1230 again in Winston-Salem as Wake Forest, number 24 in the country, hosts the Cardinals in a game that uh, you couldn't project it just a few weeks ago that the winner of this has a nice little head start on the ACC Atlantic ratings. It would uh, rankings. It would put Wake Forest at 3-0 in the division. 
Huge start if they can accomplish that. Louisville, it would put them at 2-0 and uh, in the division. I'd set them right at the top of the ladder. Um, so here we are. Big opportunity for Scott Satterfield's team to take another step. As of Friday morning, the Cardinals are seven-point dogs under – the over-under is at 61 and a half. And on many of the national publications that I've seen, such as College Football News, Athlon, et cetera, are kind of taking Wake Forest in the spread. So the perception is Louisville cannot hang with Wake Forest. So this is, again, another opportunity for Louisville um, to take a step forward, kind of change that nas- national perception about which way this Louisville football program is headed. Can the Cardinals do it? Jody and I feel both, as we explained earlier in the podcast, feel pretty confidently about it. Again, want to thank Paul Rogers for joining us here in the Cardscast. Make sure you tune down your TV, turn up your radio, sync them in, and listen to Paul do a great job, as he always does. So, again, appreciate Paul Rogers, the voice of the Louisville Cardinals since, goodness, starting in 1992 and then 1995, is doing both sports uh, by the mid-'90s. So it was great to have him and, and uh, chat with him for a little bit. Plenty of pregame coverage. At Cardinal Authority, you can check out our picks, the game preview, uh, figure out how to watch it. Good luck. Um, and, and much more. So keep clicking at Cardinal Authority. For publisher Jody Demling, I am senior writer Michael McCammon, and this has been a Cardscast. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.